And uh, my guest tonight is David Franco, a local CPA and KVMR's outgoing board president. David, welcome. Thanks for doing this, Brian. My pleasure. Happy to have you in here. So you were born and raised in L.A. Yeah. It was uh, a long time ago, born and raised in L.A., loved it. And then as it started to transition, I went to visit Denver. And my wife and I of the time loved it. And I said, let's move. So I moved there and after a while started my own CPA practice. I was there for five years. And I wanted to come back to California, but I couldn't possibly go back to LA at that time. So I decided to um, try something else. And a friend said, have you ever heard of Grass Valley? <laughs> so, so that's where I, that's, I'm, I moved there. And here I am 35 years later. That's great. That is great. Was it, did you like being, uh, growing up in LA? Very much so. I mean, I grew up at a time when in Orange County there were orange groves, and we'd run through the oranges, we'd have, we'd pick oranges, have orange fights, all those things. It was a regular agricultural area, which has changed. Nice, yeah. Yeah, it, it, was it nice. has, it has changed for sure. So, um, your father, he was a professor at Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. Well, he taught uh, for many, many years. He started out actually teaching in uh, Whittier High School, uh, the home of uh, the Nixon family yes. and so on. And then he went to Rio Hondo Junior College, and he battled uh, some of the politicians at the time because he wanted a higher quality of education for the the people, primarily the Hispanic culture that lived there. And he fought so hard that he got fired. Wow. For, as a professor at, at uh, the junior college. And he got hired a few months later, Cal State Fullerton. Nice. It was nice, yeah. Nice. Did that have an impact on you, seeing how your father was advocating for the the rights of the minorities absolutely it did he was a powerful political figure in california politics at the time um he was a world level thinker you know he um he was like a supporter of unions he was a supporter of what really was the background of you know the middle class america it was important for him so when he was at Fullerton, he, was, he developed a program that helped primarily Hispanics, but also other, other lower-income people come into college. How do you get to college? His work was so effective that he was actually recruited to go back to Washington to HEW at the time. Health, Education, and Welfare was the division. And they did go back. They interviewed. He was kind of accepted. My mother said, I can't live in snow like that. <laughs> <laughs> so he stayed here, and that's where he wound up uh, finishing his career. Nice. Um, is that why when you first went to college, you majored in philosophy, or did that have any impact on Absolutely it? Absolutely not. Okay. When I went to college, my father said, 
you should major in political science. You should become a lawyer. And there you have it. So I went down that road. And as I was going down that road, I happened by accident because I really didn't know how to um, enroll in classes. So I had to get those, those big survey classes. And I happened to take a class on philosophy, existential philosophy. And it just exploded in my mind that that's what I should be doing. So in spite of his desires, I took a different path. Yes. And then um, from there, somehow you found accounting. Well, this was way back when, when I was at UCLA uh, in philosophy. And this was during the Vietnam War. And so we were protesting and all this stuff. And after I actually went into, well, there was a particular class I went into. It was a third year uh, second-year philosophy class, and I'd wanted to learn much more about Spinoza, which was a 17th-century philosopher, and the professor said, that's too difficult for this class. I was astonished. I stood up, and I quit college. (laughs) I said, why? If that's what we're supposed to do, it's supposed to be hard. Right. I mean, you're in college to learn that stuff. So I went and I um, I enrolled at uh, L.A. Trade Tech and became a pretty good um, electrical engineer. But I dropped out of that, too. And then my friend said, oh, you've got to go back and finish your college degree. You should become a CPA. I said, oh, good. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> So, but I did get into business call. I took some of the accounting things. I love the principles of accounting, and that I think melded with my CPA philosophy mind. And on we go. That's great. And then from from college, you actually worked at Arthur Anderson, a firm with in L.A. or were, had yeah. six hundred employees. Well, no, Arthur Anderson is a was at the time a world international organization that had. Uh, 10,000 employees. The L.A. office itself had 600 professionals. That is a busy office. My gosh. Well, it was a giant CPA firm. And interestingly enough, years later, when I finally made it back to Nevada County, a friend of mine, also a CPA, said, I worked at the L.A. office. We never met each other. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, be- I believe it. I, I know that. Um, but I, I learned a great deal from Arthur Anderson. I learned a lot of what it meant to be a professional CPA. It was very important to me. I left there, and I went to work with a Beverly Hills firm. Nice. And th- that's we had a lot of actors and real estate clients, and that's where I started to learn business. Yes. So, I bet that was quite an experience working in Beverly Hills. Yeah, I mean— when you take a lunch break, you're on Rodeo Drive, you know? Nice. <clears throat> and uh, that was, uh, woke me up to, I remember I went to Gucci's one day to buy my wife a scarf. Okay. Gucci's has these remarkable silk hand-painted scarves. And I'm sitting there and the, the counter lady comes up and she's very sophisticated and she says, Will you be adding to the ladies' collection, or will you 
will this be her first one? I said, I had no idea what she meant. <laughs> this will be her first this one. Is... <laughs> and it was fun. Nice. And it was fun to work in Beverly Hills. And, oh, I'm, I'm sure. And that's when I, that from there I went to Denver. Yeah. And you had a, when you were in Denver, you actually had a small firm with, with uh, six employees? I started out uh, with a very high-end, um, small CPA firm that specialized in public offerings. You know, oh, so interesting, yeah. Very high-end, very technical. We were all super technical. And I was there for about two years, and then the clients I had, I really loved them, but I needed to work on my own. So I developed, I did, and developed a firm. I had six employees when I left Denver, and... Yeah. And then you left Denver and you ended up here in Nevada County. Uh, and I haven't been able to leave since. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been here, what, about 35 years About now? 35 years, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. It is nice. Absolutely. Now, have you seen a lot of changes in the county? I mean, I would imagine these last 35 years, a lot of changes or no? Yes and no. I mean, a certain way, um, I mean... When you go to a big city, if you live somewhere you, and you decide to go to the movies, you have to plan it, and you have to get there hours in advance so you can get in line, you can get a ticket, get in, so on and so forth. I, if I decide to go to a movie with a friend, we can go in 10 minutes and we're there. Not today, but right. it's living in an environment that has... A community sense absolutely is important to me, and I know I hear that a lot from small town people, but this one is more attuned to me, like uh, the Briar Patch, a spectacular organization, you know, and then you know of course i've been had been listening to KVMR, and then I was recruited six years ago by Mary Ross, yes, great lady. And Josh uh, Lichterman was on the board at the time, and they brought me in. And I'll never forget my um, the interview with the board development committee. And one of the people there was Diane McIntyre. Great, yeah. And I, they asked me, well, why do you want to be on the board? What are you interested in? Things like that, right? Yeah. So after I answered all that, I said to each of them, why do you? Why are you on the board? That's great. <laughs> And Diane McIntyre said, free speech. <laughs> and that just bowled me over because of her passion and her love for free speech and, her, and why KVMR was a foundation opportunity for this county and community. Absolutely. And so did you actually start listening to KVMR right when you came into Nevada um, County? or uh... Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, and so then you were on the board for six years. Yes. And after three years, you were elected board president. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I followed some remarkable individuals. Mary Ross was president when I first got here. This is an individual that helped create the building that is now KVMR. She, Diane McIntyre, Julie Chiarelli... John Hensley, you know, was important in that happening. 
So was that right when you got on the board, or when you when you transitioned to president? It was no, right. No, in, no, it was when I got on the board. The building was complete. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, so it was brand new when we got on the board. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, absolutely nice. Yeah. Yeah, that that was quite a project for sure. Yeah, when I think about it, I wonder, gosh, would I have voted to to go for this building? And I think I'm not sure that I would, because of the the spectacular financial burden on a little teeny station. So the next round of this station itself, this nonprofit, created an atmosphere where some very, very far-thinking individuals donated substantially to help this project go. That takes a great administration. It takes great a great community, a great vision. And so the $4 million building, we now today have about $1.1 million of debt left, which is a remarkable achievement. It really is. It, it really is. It, it, I mean, it must have been nice to see this sense of the community really coming together to make to make this happen because it was a huge project. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's really something. So I know you're a big believer in civic engagement. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. I have to add, you know, I have to say that if I think about what do I enjoy about being in Nevada County and at KVMR, it's that it's hard. My job is hard. It takes a lot of time, but I'm engaged with my community. So you get to meet people. You see them work at their best, and that's fun for me. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. So tell, tell me, I, I'm sure you must have a couple of good accounting stories for sure. Well... One of the things I want to say about KVMR, though, back, Absolutely. back to KVMR, yeah. is the achievement we had. We had a great supporter who helped us with our financing to originally finance the loan on the building. Yeah. And then it was we had about a three-year term when that became due. But immediately, Julie Chirelli, Diane McIntyre, Barbara Jika, another great colleague— and I started working, how are we going to refund? How are we going to do that? So we began speaking with Tri-Counties, and we created a package, and our performance, our income was so good that they approved it. They gave us a loan without having a personal guarantee from a, a major player. It's one of the first ones in the county that they did for a nonprofit. So... It was a huge benefit to do that. That was a great, uh, a big achievement, I think. And I have to look to Barbara Jika, Julie Chiarelli, and and others for that. Yes, and you said actually that was one of the things you're most proud of during your tenure here at KVMR was getting all that together and getting getting the loan refinanced to the Absolutely. bank. Absolutely. And then a few months, um, you know... About a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now, a little, little more than two years ago, uh, I got a call from Julie Chiarelli, who had done a terrific job of 
context of creating what we have in the station. She calls. She calls me into her office. I sit down because we we had many meetings. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And she calls me in and she says, "I sit down." And she walks around the desk and closes the door. I go, "Uh oh." This is serious. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "I've decided to take a position with Hospice of the Foothills." Now she had been wanting to do work like that for a long, long time. And hospice is a great organization, and to have her as a it's a jewel. Yes. And I, I actually did not faint. I, you, I somehow survived that moment of recognition. <laughs> but you're thinking now, what do we do? Oh my God! <laughs> Impossible. So big shoes uh, to fill. Huge shoes. So I immediately called Diane McIntyre, and she and I began strategizing what the next step was. We're required by the uh, National Association of Radio Stations to uh, publicize the, so, the position. The position. So we publicized the position, and uh, um, we got we started getting resumes from literally all over the world. Interestingly enough, and um, we had a, a, a general meeting. When Diane and I announced to the everybody, everybody knew that it Julie already. was leaving, but it was but formal. We announced it in a formal manner. That night, we had 14 people come up to us, broadcasters and other people saying, I just want you to know I happen to be an expert at hiring people like general managers. So you should include me in, in the, the process. process. <laughs> so what do you do with that? 14. That's a lot. So what we did, we had a meeting. All 14 were invited. Oh, my gosh. So we put them all in a meeting, and the question that I posed to them was, how do you guys want to proceed? And so it was like this and this, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then I said, okay, well, here's the work you're going to need to do. And the second meeting had five people. Got it. (laughs) I got it, yeah. That's how it works. And then, then we chose uh, two people to, um, uh, to assist us in, final, in the final decision. And we went through the, the resumes and made some uh, interesting finds. And the person I liked most was a uh, person, um, uh, Ellie. Of course. Lightfoot, okay? Yes. But she said, you know what? I can't do it. Really? The, the timing isn't right. Because I can't be there until June of the next year. Right, because of school issues or whatever with the children. I'm just not going to be able to do it. Thank Mm -hmm. you for the invite, but forget it. Wow. So I wrote her an email back saying, why don't you reconsider? Reconsider and think of it. We can craft the job in a different way. Nice. And so we did, and we had an interim for, as you know, Jeffrey Pope for six months. Yes. And... To have a visionary like Ellie on leading this station is just spectacular. She has the next level of vision. But think about it for a minute. People stand on the shoulders of those who came before them. Absolutely. We, we couldn't be where we are today without Julie Chiarelli's terrific work. We couldn't be where we are today without, what do we have, 200 broadcasters that have held the torch of excellence and what I consider 
really unique shows. Absolutely. We have some remarkable shows. Eclectic shows. They're very eclectic, but they're good, you know, south of the border, on and on and on, just really good music. So, and then we began the final process of interviewing, and there was no question but that she was the best candidate, and I'm thoroughly convinced we made the exact right decision. And I think you did, too. Good. <laughs> and thank you for that decision. <laughs> uh, you bet. So, so talking about that, um, being a board president really does, you have a, a lot of skills to be a board president. Talk about the leadership skills. I mean, that's, uh, mm. that's a big part of it, right, in delegation? or. Well, leadership is, is an elusive um, product, okay? It's an elusive skill set. But think about it for a minute. When you have a board, you have somewhere around 9, 10, 11, 12 individuals who are, are pretty skilled players, right? Yes. These aren't newbies. These are heavy hitters. So the biggest thing for me is to how do you give someone, everybody, the forum to express themselves, but at the same time... Um, keep the ship going in a particular direction. And that direction is our mission statement, you know, which is to provide for our community. And so, you know, there's infinite number of challenges. One of the big things to learn in a leadership position is patience. You can't rush quality. Quality gets formed by great craftsmen making a model of what will appear in the future. Well, we have that. We have that now. So <clears throat> We absolutely do. Again, the phone number here is 265-9555 if you'd like to talk to David Franco, our outgoing board president. So tell me, David, um, you have, what, just a couple weeks left as our board just president? Just a couple weeks, yeah. And then what? Well, um, I'm going to see what it's like to not be on a nonprofit for a few weeks. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a it's been a wonderful but demanding, you know, effort, and I'm I've, I'm very glad to have made that effort. And uh, um, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I'm always community oriented, so I don't know what will come our way. Just kind of take it easy for a while, huh? Yes. Well, we're sure going to miss you around here, I can tell you that. Well, thank because you. Because you've, you've always been there for us, and, yeah. and we appreciate that. And, um, and you know, I, by the way, just I, I want to shout out to the staff here, too. Okay. Sure. And um, behind the scenes, here we are, these faceless voices on the radio right now. And it's going out, and some people are listening, and, and, and so on and so forth. But there's so many people that are critical to that coming to be on the air right now for all of us, you know? And, uh, for instance, we got a great uh, um, underwriting leader with Melissa and her team, you know, Jessica, Adriana, 
Brian. <laughs> it's a great team. It's a great team. They work very, very hard. So that's the day-to-day nameless reality of creating an organization like this, led by the board, but also implemented by Ali. Yes, absolutely. It's been it's been strange with COVID, you know, yeah. these these last few months and um well, it has been it and uh you have to look at the the organizations that are dealing with COVID. They're balancing two things. Every school system in the country wants to be open. Yes. Every restaurant in our area wants to be open. Every theater wants to be open. But how do you proceed and be safe to your patrons? That's not simple. It's not. And so they're balancing as well as we can. So very recently, we've come up with a program to gently reopen KVMR. And it's going to require a balance because our broadcasters, our engineers, everybody's going to have to work to help sanitize their spaces. So that's what we do. That's what we can do. So, yes, it's been weird, but we've had a good run of it, too, Brian, as you so well know. You know, our, our, um, our membership drive back in May was literally one of the big, biggest that we've had in the history of KVMR. And we've got one coming up in a few weeks, I think it is. We do, actually, um, a week from tomorrow. Yeah. One week from tomorrow. Well, at that point, you know, the community will come back and say, I know we can't do this or that, but here's how I can support you today. And people can support financially, but they can support by listening and knowing that the quality of this station is out there for everybody. We stream, we've got a good team, and enjoy it. Absolutely. And um, we have about a minute left. Any final thoughts or... Yeah, my final thought is to watch KVMR carefully because it is entering a new era, an era that is based on a creativity that has been bubbling along in the board and in and helped given guidance by Ellie. So that's where we're at, and that's what you're going to see unfold in the next two to three years. And you have been a huge part of making that happen, and we appreciate that from you. And please don't be a stranger. Thank you, Because we're going to miss you. All right. I appreciate that very, very much. Thanks for having me on the show, okay? Our pleasure. Thank you. Okay. We were speaking with David Franco, our outgoing board president. This is Brian McInerney for Sages Among Us. Thank you, everybody.